What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Derek Pernasiglio Show, and we've got a very special episode this time. Uh, the guest this week actually bears the same last name as I do. It is my older brother, Pete Pernasiglio. Came all the way down here from Long Island, so uh, thanks for joining us in the Charlotte studios. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this is I know this is a little weird and surreal for you. Yeah, yeah. this ain't my forte at all. <laughs> I'll give it Here a shot. Here I am. Here you are. <laughs> Do you realize, you know what I was thinking about it a little while ago? Do you realize the last time I sat down or we sat down like this where I interviewed you was my college senior project and uh, we shot it up in Rhode Island. Yeah, that you, was when we ran the Oktoberfest. Ran right? October, ran Oktoberfest. Amongst this pro stock. Right, yeah, amongst yeah. this pro stock. But then we also, I took you to uh, the Pro 9 Museum and yeah. sat you down mm -hmm. uh, and interviewed you with your fire suit on and everything. And it looked beautiful. We got back to the, we looked back at the video and it looked beautiful. And then I had no audio and I just, one of the many early mistakes in my career, I guess you could say. But uh, then we had to reshoot it in my kitchen. Don't you remember that? And you got pissed. <laughs> Because I had to ask you all the same questions all over again. You don't remember this? No, Shooting in the kitchen of my apartment? You don't remember that? God, we didn't have no, any of the audio and you were about to leave. And I'm like, dude, we have nothing. I'm like, I got to reshoot this whole thing. And no, we set up in my no kitchen. Recollection of that. Really? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I remember it. Jeez, that had to be a long time ago. Then. I, I don't remember. I, I forgot what I got for a grade on the project. I think it was like an 86 or something like that. Well, I hope so, if but. I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's funny listening to the way Grandma starts uh, the show off, right? I, oh, knew I, I love that excerpt. <laughs> Do people know the story behind that? No. No? It's never been told? Well, I mean, I always say at the top of the show, you know, that's my grandma and she can outdrive you and, you know, oh something like God, that. You so. got to let me tell the story. All right, go ahead. Tell that. That's why we're here. We're here for stories. So go ahead. Our grandmother, God bless her, was 99 years old, lived a month before her 100th birthday. Mm -hmm. And she had all her wits about her all up until about 96, I guess it was. Yeah. And um, this is when we had to take her license away. That's what the whole argument ensued about. <laughs> Because she drove but, until she was 95, right? No, about 96. 96, you know, she was at my house. And she flew came, everywhere. She came off, flew, that's a whole other story. But <laughs> she was at my house, and she left, and I get a phone call about 20 minutes later. Peter, it's Grandma. Yeah. Yeah, what's up, Grandma? I think I hit a curb, <laughs> and my car's making this weird noise. Can you come over and take a look at it? All right, Grandma, I'll be over there in like 20 minutes or whatever. So I figure she whacked the curb, bent the wheel. I'm going to go over there, change the tire, and I'm going to go home, you know? So I called Dad to see what he's doing. I says, hey, Grandma just called. I'm going to take a ride over there. She hit a curb or something, messed up the car. He says, well, I'm over here in Islip. I'll stop by and look and see what happened or whatever. I said, well, I'm on my way anyway. So I guess about 10 minutes later, I, <laughs> I get a call. He says, hey. Must have been some curb, right? And I said, why? He goes, where do you see this car? So, all right, he says, I'll send you some pictures. So next thing you know, two minutes later, my text going off, and I look at the pictures. <laughs> the front end is dis destroyed. <laughs> the windows are blown out of the thing. Quarter the, panel was ripped the off, roof, right? The roof was buckled, right? The roof was even buckled. He said, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it, right? So I get there, and we're both looking at each other, and I'm looking at the car, and the car, my, Derek, was literally on three wheels. The right rear wheel was wedged up into the wheel well. 
And I said to her, Grandma, how did you how did you drive this car? It was literally teetering on three wheels. She says, I don't know. It was making a weird noise. That's why I called you, you know? So like I said, the roof's buckled, the window's blown out, the side of the car's taken up, just wiped out, you know? So me and dad are like, well, what the hell did she hit? You know, now all the way there, I'm looking, I don't see nothing. So <laughs> we put the car in the garage. To hide it? Uh, not, well, like in a way to hide it, because we didn't know what was going on yet. You well, know? because, <laughs> what, because hold on, Grandma and Pop-Up had a history of leaving the scene of the accident. Well, right? that's a whole other, you know, <laughs> Pop-Up's another story. There was two or three incidents with him, the road warrior, but so... So we put this car in the garage, right? So me and dad go back and we're backtracking. We're trying to see, we know she had to hit something big, you know? And I, we couldn't find nothing. I have no idea. To this day, we have no idea what she hit, how she hit it. But I mean, to buckle the roof, it was more than a curb, you know? <laughs> That's a hard shot. So a couple <laughs> days later comes the talk, you know? Because the car's destroyed. We told her that we took it out of the garage to take to the body shop to be fixed, so she thinks it's getting fixed or whatever. So dad sits it down and has the discussion, you know, listen, you can't drive anymore. You know, you're getting too old, this, that, and the other thing. And that's when she flipped out, you know. <laughs> what are you talking oh, no. about? Dad recorded it. Yeah, he, well, dad, he <laughs> knew. He in his knew, infinite wisdom. He... You know, he knew this was going to be a good one, so. <laughs> so let's document it. All right, so of course, you know, he starts telling her, listen, you can't drive no more, this, that, and the other thing, and she's getting all bent out of shape, and that's when she said, you know, you drive the bus and I can outdrive you, right. you know? I can outdrive you. It's just, just hysterical, you know? Cause it, but, like, you know, you know, like, at 90, 95, she was taking all the, her girlfriends around and I doing know. all the, the f functions, and, you know, she went to church every day, ushered to church. <laughs> she I was know. a pip, you know? I mean... Church multiple times a day, right? Six people would ask me how old she is and I tell them 94 95 they'd be like holy mackerel I can't believe it I you know? know she was a pip Mem remember when Noki we told Noki to follow oh that was Michael's christening <laughs> that was a whole other story <laughs> go ahead no, oh my Noki Fenoro you know was six time ARDC you know, yeah he <laughs> can't keep up with grandma he, he won you know? NEMA championships yeah. ATQ MRA championships right we, we, we told him keep up she drives fast and he looks at me like you know who I am alright <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we were at the it was the christening I think Michael's christening and Debbie was going to help Grandma set up because we go to the firehouse you know she was a member of the East Isle Firehouse so we got the room and uh, we had to stay back and take pictures and whatnot so Debbie was gonna go ahead Debbie and Noki were gonna go ahead and follow her you know so when I got to the the firehouse finally for the party. I said, hey, how was your ride? He goes, holy shit. <laughs> he says to me, he goes, she should drive the midget, you know? I said, I told you, she's a pip, you know? You know. There were many times I was a passenger in the car. She she scared she the shit was, out of me. You know, she was she was unbelievable. But in her little Hyundai Elantra, boy, she rip all around. <laughs> but she, but she could drive. She drove a bus for years. Uh, exactly, Remember? I get it. So you know, the Elantra was nothing. Nothing for Grandma. And Grandma stood what a grand total of what four foot eleven. Yeah, at the most. You know, <laughs> up against the steering wheel, drove like this all the time <laughs> with her hands like this. You know? And all you could see was the sunglasses and all yeah. was top of the steering wheel. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, but, uh, but you guys put that you guys put the car in the garage because you didn't want to get busted for leaving the scene of an accident or well, we this was know. for the second time we though, didn't, you know we didn't know what she hit we didn't know how she did it you know and of course after Pop-Up's incident where the troopers show up at the house you know that's a whole nother story <laughs> go ahead tell it uh, well, which story? There's that, and then there's the Road Warrior incident where he's blasting the, the Volkswagen Beetle. All right, I mean, let's start with leaving the scene of an accident. We'll, oh. Then we'll go to the Road Warrior one. Well, For the folks that are listening or watching, this is my grandfather and my grandmother on my father's side, and they were wild-eyed Italians, I guess you could say. I, you know, I yeah. say it, I, I tell people our family is a mix of the Sopranos and the Bundys. Yeah, it really is. You know, without a doubt. But uh, yeah, pop up that happened. What on the Southern State Parkway? Yeah, uh, Southern State or the Hexha Park. All I know is they were getting off. Everybody was getting off the exit, and somehow it was a little bump, a fender bender, or whatever. Somebody checked up, and three or four cars, you know, banged each other or whatever. So he gets out. He looks. He says, "I don't got no damage, so I'm going home." You know. So he takes off and he goes home. And then he goes down to the firehouse to hang out for the afternoon. So, of course, the state trooper knocks on the door. Because the firehouse Gra- was his thing. Grandma sends him down and says, yeah, he's down at the firehouse or whatever, you know. So the cop goes down to the firehouse talking to him. They had to call Dad because he thought the, he told the cop, ah, you full of shit, ah, you full of shit. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal, you know. The cop literally had to call Dad. Dad had to come down to the firehouse and, and, and tell Pop up, you know. Listen, you you you, you fucked up, you know. You know, because he, he thought it was a joke. He thought it was no big deal, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, court, court lawyer, a lawyer, all the thing. He, I guess he lost his license for a little while, but it didn't matter. He drove anyway. You know? I know he did. Remember, he walked up. My dad was telling me he was walking out of the the courtroom, and he waved the ticket at the cop and said, "You should get half of this." Yeah, when he wrote the check, he says, and and they told him too. Dad and Uncle Ralph said, "Listen, be just quiet. be quiet. Keep your mouth shut. Don't say nothing." You know. And pop up couldn't keep his mouth yeah, shut. Not at all, you know. <laughs> and that was the second incident. I remember years before that was the was the Volkswagen Beetle. I was. We were, he wasn't. Uh, no, no, no. Well, he was driving his Lincoln. He well, he was in the Lincoln. He was on the Parkway, and he somehow he accidentally cut the guy off or something. And wait, let's set it up. They were on their way to our aunt and uncle's for a holiday some, dinner. Yeah, some right. some function. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we, I was small. You were probably even smaller at the time. But <laughs> we were going somewhere, and I, Grandma comes in and she's white as a ghost, you know. And and we're all like, "What's the matter?" She's like, oh, you won't believe what he did, <laughs> right? So. <laughs> Somehow he's on the on the highway and he cuts this guy off in a Volkswagen Beetle. Now, granted, like you said, he's driving this big Lincoln Continental, Mark right? Five, right? Typical Italian friggin', you know. It was boat, a silver. You know? It was yeah, a silver, silver car with red leather interior, and it had the side skirts over the rear wheels. So somehow, I guess he cut the guy off. So the guy comes by, flips him the bird, you know. He says, "Ah, well, you know, I cut the guy off, whatever." But then the stupid idiot made the mistake he got in front of him and slowed down to like 20, 30 miles an hour. So that was it. That's all you had to do to set him off. He says, I'll fix this son of a bitch, right? And he starts ramming him. <laughs> he starts hitting the, hitting the back of the Volkswagen Beetle. And he says to me, Peter, when I seen the car going like this, 
I knew I had him. <laughs> I knew I had him. <laughs> Story never gets old. <laughs> but think about it. He did what we all want to do, you know? I know. How many times you want to just ram the back of somebody and do it? He did it, you he, know? He was, a, he was a, a guy that you could not tell him anything. No, nothing. Nothing. nothing and that's, nothing. yo. Oh, you're full of shit. Yo, that's, your son hey, gets hey, a lot hey, of hey, that hey, from hey, him. Well, I, yeah, yeah, listen. He never, what I you, think he's reincarnated in Michael. Right? I'm telling yeah, you, he is, a, Michael is everything that John mm-hmm, was. And, yeah. and he was only around, what, for two weeks? And then mm-hmm. Papa passed two weeks after Michael was born. Nah, about a month. Was it a month? About a oh month. Oh, God. Yeah, you never was, really met him. That was insane. That was crazy. But uh, back to the beginning, though, in the early days, um, obviously you were born before I was. You're four years older than me. Um, were you, do you have any early memories of going to the track by yourself with mom and dad, or, or was it all of us together? Told me, they told me the first time they took me was to a midget race at Pocono. I think I was like two or three years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, dad said as long as the cars were running, I was quiet, you know? It was <laughs> when they weren't running or whatever. Do I remember that? No. Mm-hmm. I really, the earliest part I can remember is going to Islip Speedway every week mm-hmm. and uh, sitting with the Dilmas, right? Uh, you know, and uh, that was our every Saturday night thing before Dad actually bought the midget. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I guess he bought the midget. It was seventy seven or seventy eight. You know, yeah, from and, George Schmall. George yeah. Schmall, right? Yep, guy in uh, St. James. And, you know uh, the funny thing is, I remember the car coming home that day. I have very scattered. I have scattered memories of the I, car. I, I, I was little. A little bit of it too. A little bit. You know, I do remember. There's know, pictures of you standing next to it yeah. when it was just a, like, what was it? Just a metallic zero. Well, right? we got it. It was kind of in pieces, and you know, don't forget that car. It wasn't like a. No, it was like, old. It was right. It, <laughs> it was a handbrake on it. You know, I mean, <laughs> I know it wasn't. It, it, it was in pieces, and the tail tank was actually a shell that went over right. the tank that was in it. Right. So he, when he got it home, he just kind of started putting all the pieces together and just to look at it in one piece. You know, but I do remember that. That I remember. Do you remember you know. going to the first race at Wall Stadium? Yeah, I yeah, do. I do. I remember I, that. I do, but just scattered. Mm-hmm. Uh, scattered uh, memories. Yeah, I remember that towing in the Mercury. He had that Mercury. Yeah, right. Mercury. Whose car was that? That was Grandma's. That was Grandma's, uh, formerly Grandma's car. Okay. Because uh, I, I looked guess, at the pictures. I had no idea who, because everybody's towing it with a truck, and here we're yeah, not towing it with a Mercury. Sure, yeah, yeah. With a car. With a Mercury. Yeah, it was. And I'm trying to remember the day, because... They went out in what warm ups and something broke and they broke worked. the the in and out box the shifter handle on the in and out box is that I guess what it, it was? snapped right off yeah something and I think they only that that day was only a, a was it was it a, a practice rate. and a feature or I don't know like you know me and you were young we were in the grandstand I remember there being a race that and, I do and, remember yeah. that and they missed they didn't get to run the feature oh that's right they didn't get to run the feature because it snapped off. When they were going to push off for right. the race, but they gave him but like they, ten laps yeah, of they, practice they, they afterwards. Right, right? They, they fixed it or something. They took it to the track welder, and it's, he had never run the car before, so they gave him five or six laps to run the car or I whatever. And you know that was uh, it was kind of a bummer that I didn't get to actually. I think it was an ARDC race. Yeah, the it first was. one was an ARDC race, Wall Stadium. You know, but um, it was uh, uh, it was like that was different for us because Dad. Dad didn't have the money, you know. I mean, he just he came up with the idea of of using the Mazda because he saw someone else try it and realized that you know just 
I could build it was cheap. cheap. You know, it was cheap. You know, right. Was, and we could just <laughs> for years we ran on what old old takeoffs yeah, from other stuff. people. And but for him, you know, it wasn't about. It was more about being part of the show for him. He never really cared if he finished first or thirty first. Dad, you know? yeah, he never put any pressure. I don't know about you, but he never put any pressure on me to go out and win and do right. This. No, he I know. Never, Dad just likes seeing his car go out there. Know? We kind of put the pressure on him for to perform because. He, well, you know, you, you don't want to run 13th forever, you know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, no kidding. Yeah. I, dude, I remember one <laughs> yeah. night at Hudson, you come in off the track just looking at him like, I, I know you were just shaking your head. I know you were just, you had that look of, you didn't say nothing, but you had that look of, I'm driving my ass off, I'm doing all I can, and we're still going nowhere. I remember that one night. It was with the... Uh, it yeah, was, but, you know, that was the first year, and I didn't really know anything either, so, you know, it was my rookie year, and... I didn't really, I got to say, you know, uh, when I started driving the midget, I had run the, the blunderbuss a couple seasons or whatever and had my whole one feature win at Riverhead Raceway and thought I was hot shit, you know, and I get in this midget at start. Well, actually, no, we went Thompson. to Thompson. I went to, I got to try it at Thompson, the first place I got to run it uh, in a practice for the World Series just yep. to see if I could, you know. And everybody thought he was nuts. Said, what the hell's wrong? Are you gonna bring the kid here for the first time or whatever? And you know, Dad's excuse was, "Well, it's big. It's open. You know, there's plenty of room for him to stay out of the way or whatever." You were what twenty? Twenty. Twenty-two, maybe. No, I was maybe about twenty. And I'd have to, I have to go back and actually look in the twenty-two, seat. getting into a midget for the first time. And now we've had. Kids no, on yeah, the show. My, my kid was fourteen when he uh, drove the midget. Thirteen? You know? No, not the was, not the full midget. I, I thought he was thirteen when he ran when he ran, he ran Nemo Light. I thought you were crazy for putting Mikey in a midget at thirteen, but no, nah, no, I'm pretty sure he was fourteen. Again, if I had the dates in front of me, either right, way, I still fourteen it, years, thirteen, fourteen. It's, yeah, I, I that was a weird one because when Nemo wanted to start bringing the younger drivers in, uh, I was against it. So I guess you could kind of say I was sort of hypocritical, but you had to look at it from my point of view. At the time I was racing, and it was kind of after the Shane Hammond incident, and you know I always thought to myself, what if I got into an accident with a 13 or a 14 year old? How you know, and something happened to him? You know how how am I supposed to live with myself? You know what I'm saying? It's one thing when you you crash with two adults, you you grown men, you know why you're there and whatnot and and uh so i was kind of against it at the time but it's the way of the world now you know i mean that's yeah. everything is young young start them young and i mean i put him in the quarter midget the quarter midgets were for kids and he got better at it and better and better and then naturally the he was starting to get too big for the car he was in and then for me to go dollars and cents wise right to buy a bigger a bull rider at the time because there was a you know a medium and then a large right and it was like um i think it was like 3500 bucks and you didn't get no shocks no engine right. and i came across the micro that was like 4500 ready to run and it was kind of a no-brainer you know mm -hmm. And, 270 uh, micro. 270, yeah. <coughs> and uh, of course, I brought him up to look at it and said, you know, is this something you think you'd want to run? I go, oh, yeah, 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 you know. So we got it. We figured that was the next general progression, you know. You're skipping way ahead, though, because we have to talk about you before we ever get to your oh, I understand, son. <laughs> I understand. But um, 
you know, growing up, we were always around racing. I mean, that was our thing. Like, we were never introduced to other stick and ball sports. I mean, mom's dressed to me to try stuff. I know you tried football with, you know. Yeah, no- that lasted a whole one scrimmage game. But uh, it just wasn't for me. Uh, was, believe me. I was always a motorhead, you know. Right, I know. And I'm not athletic either. I was one of the smallest kids in my school, so I was not going to play football or anything like that. And I tried. I tried other sports because mom wanted me to because she thought you were a lost cause. Mm. You know, because she was like, your brother's going to race. She's like, I want you to try other stuff. And I did, and it didn't work out. Um, but uh, uh, did you always want to drive? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Right from the very beginning? Yeah. Yeah. Even from a little kid? Yeah. 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 Always, always. Well, you, well <laughs> should we bring up the steering wheel and sit again? Can we bring up the plastic yeah, steering Do you still so, have yeah. it? God, I don't know. If I do, it's buried in boxes. Okay. <laughs> so for the people that are listening or watching, my brother, we used to share a bedroom when we were little kids. And all night, he would sit up in his bed with this plastic Fisher-Price steering wheel. Yeah, it was off of something. It was, I don't know it was off it was. something, but it was the perfect size for him. <clears throat> he would sit in the bed all night and just, <clears throat> just turn the wheel thinking he was in, in a race car and... I remember mom and dad yelling up the uh, the stairs a bunch of times during the night. All right, check your flag. The race is over. Mm, tracks are closed. Tracks are closed. Go to sleep. sleep. You know. <laughs> I never lost the race, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, well, what did you did, what did you think? Like, did you did you? Well, at the time, you got to remember it was a different generation, so we didn't know about quarter midgets and go-karts and no, stuff like dad that. Oh, dad had the midget from when we were young, seven or eight, and mm-hmm. he... I don't want to say kept us in the dark about it, but, you know, we didn't really know much that there was racing for us. Kids. Quarter, all right, quarter midgets and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's we just didn't do it, you know. And uh, I knew when I got old enough, I guess it was 17 or 18, I built the blunderbuss because I wanted to definitely we race. We built the blunderbuss. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, me, you, Neil, Dave. Well, that was the second one. The first one I kind of did myself... If you remember, I worked at that machine shop. Yeah, Mayfair machine. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I welded in. Just took a caddy and cut the roof off it. And yep, I remember. I, I, I was there for that. That thing was big and orange. <laughs> big and big orange. And big. It was, it was oh free. The paint was free. The paint so was free. That was. Orange. But uh, what was the first year of running the blunderbuss like at Riverhead? And for the people that don't know that are listening or watching, the blunderbuss division was the entry-level division at Riverhead Raceway. You had old Cadillacs, Impalas, Cordobas, uh, Lincolns, like all big like boats. Man, they had to weigh 4,200 pounds. <laughs> so put a cage in it and go racing, right? That it was, was Yeah, it was kind of like when it was in, in first inception was basically a street stock type vehicle. I mean, they've far past that now, but yeah, it was basically just a strictly stock with a cage in it that weighed 4,200 pounds and squealed every turn it made. (laughs) (laughs) But you started figuring out, we started figuring out little tricks what these guys were doing over the years, right? With the AFCO cups and they were putting springs in and Mickey Thompson tires, right? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, as you progress and do things, you learn what's going on and why you're getting beat, so, you know. Do you, do you think doing it that way was better for for you instead of like going racing with dad like you are doing with Michael now for you to learn on your own? I mean, because let let's no let's let's be real here. Dad really wasn't into our racing when we started out because he was doing the midget. You know, very rarely did he come to one of my go kart races and 
you know, when we were going to the track, it was it was mostly you and me, and Neil. Yeah. Um, well, he you know he loved his midgets. That was you know he he liked his midget, and I guess he wasn't. I'm trying to remember the exact conversation that we had, but he wanted me to get some experience in something, you know. Right. So I remember our neighbor Chris Anderson had had a blunderbuss, and I knew him from school or whatever. And I got him to let me try it one night just to make sure that, you know, this is what, I mean, I knew this is what I wanted to do, but right. somehow I talked him into letting me run the car, you know, and I ran the car. And, and you that, made the and feature, too. Yeah, yeah, I made the you feature. You had to qualify yeah. back then, yeah. too. Yeah. That was the funny part. Yeah, and uh, made the feature, and I knew that was it. This was, you know, this is what I wanted to do, so. Two but, years um, of that. Well, I mean, you know, we ran two years of that, and then, like, to, you know, when I got in the midget, you know, like I said, the first time I drove it was Thompson Speedway. We went there to, to practice for the World Series. And um, it was a bit of an eye-opener, but it wasn't It wasn't like it was for my very first race. That was the real eye-opener because when I went to try it at Thompson, you know, you forget you're going 100 down the straightaway and you're coming off the corner at 80 miles an hour. So it doesn't the speed is there but it doesn't feel that fast because the track you're racing the track and the track is so big mm -hmm. come next april when we go to star speedway for my first race and i'm okay i'm hot shit midget driving now <laughs> you know i'm gonna go out there and tear the field up and i put my foot in that thing and it pinned my head back because of the gear and it took me down the straightaway and i was like holy shit you know maybe yeah. i wasn't meant to be a race car driver you know <laughs> And I'll never forget that night. It was uh, the first race. I obviously started last, and I spun. I spun, and they said it was somebody else's water, but who, who knows? I think I just spun on my own, I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I spun, I looked, and I saw them all coming down the front stretch, and it reminded me. Remember the camera that used to be in the track at IRP? Right, right. You know? Yeah. And, and I, shit, you I, shit, I shit my pants, you know? I, I remember getting white as a ghost. And they re-pushed me off or whatever, but after that, it was just like, if you watch the, the video of my very first race, it's pathetic, you know? No, I remember. You I was know, there for so. it. You finished 12th, though. You finished yeah. 12th that night, though. No, actually, we finished 9th, but there were only nine cars finished, so, uh, you know? No, that's right. That's right. You started 12th, finished 9th. Something like that, but, I mean, there wasn't many cars there that night, and we, you know... But you well, I walk out of there feeling big shot because I got ninth, top ten in my first major race. But I mean, deep down inside, I knew you top know. tens didn't come often for us no, though in the beginning with all. Dad. It did not. Not but at all. But I think though, I, I I think I think us harping on him kind of got that that competitive juice going because he's you know he's there to see his his car run. I I, I still think he has that in him, but. He also likes to see his car running up front. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like I said before, you know, Dad never used to care if he finished his first or 31st, as long as he was kind of part of the show. That's what right. I think it was about him, the social camaraderie and the traveling, and it was a weekends away and stuff like that. But, um, you know, now it's a little bit different because he's had a little taste of victory you know we, we 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 when he bought that car we ran good for a bunch of years we were averaging a win a year you right. know and then of course when michael started running the first two years were, were pretty good with, with michael oh he, right, right out of the box he was he was quick and he was running up front and 
this year we had a tough year, and you know, every week it's like, Peter, I don't understand what's wrong with this car. You know, we used to run so good, all, you know. And I used to be like, all right, now all of a sudden, you know, you're gonna stop breaking chops. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm trying. There's a competitive you know? fire. Yeah, you, you know. You know what though? You got to admit it, that, though, that Michael. But, is- but then you got to remember though too. Then he knew he was outclassed. You know, back then. Yeah, when, true. You know, he knew that his car was only going to go so fast, and, it, you know, it wasn't going to be Gene. It wasn't going to beat the Seymours. It was, it you know, but Corey. now, yeah, I know. you know, his equipment is almost on. up to par with, you know, right. uh, on the light side. On, on the, the, the full side. midget side is a whole other story. But yeah, I know. You know <laughs> we could talk about uh, that even more. You know. But uh, um, really quick, though, like with, with Michael starting racing, though, I really think that dad is, how can I say this? He's, he's getting what he missed with us, you think? The, the, because he he takes Michael racing. Now Michael drives for Him. his oh, grandfather, yeah, right. you know. And you got to admit, Michael is three times the driver you and I ever were. He, well, you got to remember, he started a lot earlier than we did, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, I got in the car first time I was 17 or 18. He's I, He's got 10 years on me. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I put know. him in a car when he was seven, you know? Yeah. And I waited for him to ask, you know? I didn't, like a lot of parents, you know, like I see these kids at four years old, you know? How do you know that's what the kid really wants to do, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was up to me, I would have put him in at four and, and gone racing with him. But I kind of waited for him to... to uh, realized what it was and then once he asked we went and did the promo thing we you know rent the ride you go there and 20 bucks and you get a 10 laps or whatever mm-hmm. and that was it you know he, was, he said yeah I want to go I want to do this you know? when did he say to you I want to race when when did that, did he know that quarter midgets existed or anything like that oh I brought him down we were at Thompson a couple of times and I saw them racing down there or whatever and, and uh, <clears throat> you know showed him what was going on and of course, he's a kid at first. It was cool and whatnot. And then I guess it was maybe a couple months later, you know, he said to me, uh, you know, can we go to that little car, car track or whatever it was? And then, I, I, like I said, they had their promo day, and we did it, and uh, the rest is history, you know. What changes in you when you see, when you go from being a driver to seeing your own son hop in a car? I don't have any kids of my own, so I don't know what that feeling is like. Well, with the quarter midget, it, it was, how do I, how can I really put this? The the quarter midget, like I knew it was a, it was a kid class. It was, it was what all the kids did. And um, I wasn't really scared at the time. I don't, you know, now is a different story when he gets in the midget, you know, the nerves of, you know, cause, Doing 130 yeah, miles. Yeah, I mean, hour. they were only doing, you know, they were, his first year he was a uh, red rookie. I mean, the thing was governed down and everything. Right. You, knew, you know, he'd probably fall off his bike harder than he would hitting the wall in one of those, you know. Right. But. Um, you get into those faster classes, though. Yeah, you know. Like, you know, his progression is, you know, as he got better. I mean, his, his rookie year, he did really well. I think he banged off like six in a row. He did. You know? And he won the USAC Grand National. Yeah, and won the, won the USAC <laughs> National. That's a, something that yeah. none of us in our family yeah. can brag about, that we won a USAC, USAC race. race. He, he, he can at least it. brag that he won a USAC yeah, race. The so. eagle sits in the in the curio cabinet at home. You does know? he bust mm-hmm. your balls about that? Or does he like... About nah, well, he's, he, you know, he's, I got more wins than you, you know, because <laughs> but, you know... 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. You and me know that, you know. It's we know. Lot, you know. We know what You were racing is. eight cars. I was racing 25, you know. It was yeah. a little different. What, um, when, when was that moment that you really did, like, get that nervousness that, uh, you know, that's, that's my kid in the car? Um, probably once he started driving the midget. Not the micro? No, the micro I, I knew wasn't really fast, fast, and... But he surprised me in the micro. That's when I realized. Right? That's when I realized he really had some talent, you know. Right. When I was amazed how and, fast he picked up dirt. And the funny thing with the micro is he didn't want to do it, you know. After we had that bad instance down at Millbridge oh with your God. with your cart oh, on the dirt, dude, you have no idea how bad I wanted to wring his neck. And then, shit. yeah, oh, but you know what? We screwed him. I'm it, telling you, we, it was our fault. That was our fault. I don't you know. I don't know. I, you know I, I can tell you why right. because I remember he's telling me I can't turn the thing. You guys with them outlaw cars got them forty five degrees of caster in it, right? And I remember from when I tried the thing, you get about four or five laps in it, and then you can't steer it anymore if you're not used to it. Now here's the kid; he weighs eighty pounds or something at the time, right? And you send them out in in, in a setup that's kind of built for somebody that knows what's going on. And he can't steer it, so of course it scared the shit out of him. You know what I mean? That if you don't have control of that car, you're gonna be scared. I, I get it. And I <clears> said that's to you, how those I, things are set yeah, up. Yeah, but right? I Dude, said, we put Dylan in the cart and he went out and won the heat. Yeah, but there's a kid that's <laughs> run it how many times? I get the, it, the, but I the, wanted to show final, him that this thing was fast enough to win. But the 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 icing on the cake that weekend was after the race was over, and I remember he was palling around with. Um, the, uh, the Quapple kid, right? So he was over there hanging out, and I went over and, uh, to see what he was doing. And I remember looking at the kid's cart, and the kid had all that caster in it. And I said to Michael, I'm like, look, you know, can't, look, he drives the car with all that caster in it, you know? Mm. And uh, Travis. Travis says to me, he goes, well, that was, that was caster in the making, he said to me. I said, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, I didn't start him off like that. Those things were straight up when he first started. As he started getting more and more used to it, he goes, it took me a while to to mm -hmm. do that. And that was it. That just flicked my switch, and I was pissed. And I'm like, God damn it, I knew it, you know? <laughs> I was mad at you. Because mad at you, me? Yeah, because you wouldn't let me change it. So we had a fast car. So you yeah, had a fast Hold car on. if you had somebody who knew how to drive it. I get it, but you understand my situation. You got like, I didn't want to start jacking shit around because I knew we were fast. I get it, but if you can't steer the car, you ain't fast. You understand? If his confidence ain't there, you're I, not fast. I understand that. You know? I, I understand. I get it. So that. that whole ride, that 700-mile ride home, I was pissed off. Right? <laughs> I tell you, and I you said were it, pissed off. Hey, you don't think about all the money that I spent to have you guys come down and oh, every listen, one of those money is irrelevant <laughs> in racing. Yeah, all right, I you know, pissed, man. Uh, oh my god, when money he, is irrelevant because he would give because you guys came down for a couple of races and every one he gave us a hard time. Yeah, but no, no, you forget that. Like we came down out of seven oh, of those a, races, five of them rained out. Right, yeah, you know. And if uh, we would have had those seven races and knew that in ahead of time, yes, I right. get it. I can understand that. So it was just a it was it was a combination of situations that just made it and it left a kind of a bad taste in his mouth, you know. Mm. And he didn't really want to. I guess he had he had it in the back of his head that you know on dirt I'm not going to be able to steer it. I'm not going to be able to steer it. So we had the micro for a little while. 
And even after him telling me, yeah, yeah Dad, buy this car, I, I want to try it. Then we got it home, and he was like, eh, you know. I'm like, what do you mean, eh, you know? Uh, so it sat for a little while. I didn't want to force him to do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So finally, I don't know, I guess I want to say it sat for like six months, you know? And I said to Dad, I says, you know what? Look, we're going to load this thing up. I want to see this car run. It's been sitting in my garage now. I said, I'm going to drive it, you know? He goes, yeah. I says, yeah. Well, you know, let's let's go down. Let's try. we bought it. Let's, let's let somebody race it. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember we were loading it up or whatever. And Michael come out of the house and he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "We're going racing tomorrow." He's like, "I'm not driving it." And I said, "All right, no problem. Uh, I'm, no, no, I'm going to drive, drive it. it." You know. Yeah. I said, All right. So we go down there. We go down to Greenwood. We uh, take the car out of the trailer. Now, I never started this thing. I haven't even heard it run since we bought it or whatever. You know, after the railroad incident, I'm not starting nothing up on the street. No, we're going to get to the railroad incident. So so we get there, and I get all suited up and whatnot, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to race this car. You know, I don't really know nothing about dirt. I ran two lousy micro sprint races at, at Whip City, mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, I, and I was lost then, so I knew this was just something Dude, to go out and going and, from and, pavement and, to dirt is, is way harder. Right, and that was the other reason why I I really like getting the micro because I knew it would be easier for him to transition to pavement after sliding around on the dirt. Right, I, you can take a pavement, you can take a dirt guy and put him on the pavement. You can't take a pavement guy and put him on the dirt. And I knew that from my own my own experience, mm-hmm. you know, cause I ran pavement for how many years and then I got to go up to Whip City and I got to try actually an ARDC midget and then I ran Ronnie Bunn's um, 1200. Mm-hmm. It was like a, it was about the size of a midget with a 1200 uh, bike right. motor in it. But I mean, down the straightaway, I was fast as hell, but then I, when I get to the corners, okay, how do I slide this thing? You know, I don't, I don't really, you know, and I was driving in like pavement and coming off like dirt, but really was nothing spectacular mm-hmm. but um yeah you got to drive it in under throttle yes right. that's the thing with dirt yeah you can't back off and then you know turn so, you got to drive it in as you're turning so we get there and i get suited up and whatnot and I, I said to dad i'm gonna at least fire this thing up in the pits and make sure it's you know i can drive it or i don't know how easy or how, how you fire it or nothing you know so i got in it and got somebody with a quad and they pushed me off michael was in the motorhome he was kind of hiding in the motorhome you know <laughs> so I, we fire it off and i'm driving the thing through the pits or whatever and i come back to the trailer and here he comes out of the, the motorhome and he's looking at me and i'm like yeah no big deal fires right up it's real easy to drive or whatever and he's looking at me you know and he was like i said why you, you want to try it you want to drive it around the pits and he's like yeah all right, so we put him in it, and that was it. And that was that was. He was the, like, "I'm was, driving." That was it. He goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna drive it now." Never I, I, I never, I never turned a lap in it. Really? Put him in it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you at least got to turn. No, one I never it. turned a lap. I turned a lap around the pits. That was about it. You know, see, this is the stuff that it sucks that I'm living down here doing my television career in racing. This is the stuff that I miss. You know, this is the stuff that I'm not a part of, and the the things that I'm not witness to. These are the memories that I don't get to make. So, you know, as cool as this stuff is that you're telling me, I, it also bums me out because I wasn't there. Well, you were there for some of them. You so did come up. Some, some of his Greenwoods and whatnot, you know, but um, it is what it is. I mean, you live 700 miles away. What are you going to do, you know? I know. I know. Did that bother you when I, when I moved away? 
because I know I, you know, I was still driving and well, starting really. to get you, you quasi, only, starting to get quasi better. You were only driving sporadically, though. You didn't really at the time. Well, for Dad, yeah, it was, it was Dad and I didn't agree on a lot of stuff. So, but uh, driving for Dad for me personally was was difficult. I just we just bumped heads, we clashed egos. It was just yeah, the way it was. But um the going back, let's start over. Uh let's let's jump back a little bit. What was some of your happiest memories of going racing with dad in the early years? Cuz there was times where I couldn't go. Just I guess you know, every every just going away. I just, you know, I, I just going away to the races. I loved it. It just didn't matter where we were going or what we were doing. It was you know, I couldn't wait. I, you know, I it's always... not like it is now because I remember you know us staying with people that we raced with for weekends. Yeah, you yeah remember absolutely. like going to dinner and yeah. you know hanging out with them and like you don't. Not a lot of that happens much anymore, from what I've seen. Um, there's not yes a, and no. You know, um, there's not as many two day weekends. As well, that's that's part of the thing too. There used to be like at least. Four four or five two-day shows and that's the ones we always used to go on and that's why that's, those are the memories you have because we had to sleep over somewhere and had, I mean basically we had to sleep somewhere or whatever we went away anyway because we were you know in the armpit of America <laughs> on Long Island but <laughs> and because uh, and there's no midget racing on Long Island anymore right. so mm -hmm. you know everyone in Nima thought we were nuts for making that long trek from Long Island to Nobody, the funny thing is nobody really realized how, how much of a trek it was until we finally did get a show at Riverhead, you know? Yeah. And then they were like, how long have you been doing this? And, and, and you drive around every week, you every know? Every week, I know. I mean, we've been doing this 45 years. I think I've been on that ferry boat maybe three times, you yeah. know? And that's only because the motorhome broke down or the trailer gave us a problem or something. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's always, you know, around the pond. What's your current opinion on how it's done now to the when we were younger? As far as what? Uh, just going racing, the kids in the cars, the money, the buying rides, uh, you know, all wow. of that stuff. I mean, because we we used to get a ride be from earning it. Exactly. That don't happen anymore. I mean, does that like you're old school like me? Does that piss you off? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, absolutely. But um, is that because you think? Michael should be in, you know, can get better rides or you. No, not so much. Um, I mean, the, our, the equipment in the light car is, is good. I mean, right now, I mean, don't forget he flipped it. We bent it up, broke some, car got a little tweaked and whatnot. And we had a bad year this year trying to compensate from it. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as the change, you know, like, but everything has changed. You know what I mean? It's not just racing. Everything has changed s since then. Um, Is it just, you know, the attitude now? Well, I, I, you know, people are, I don't, I don't say not as gung-ho for racing as they were back in the day. You know, because the car counts have gotten smaller, the crowds have gotten smaller. Like, well, know. car counts have gotten smaller because now don't forget, like when me and you first started going, there wasn't all these other divisions. That's you know, there was no such thing as a mini sprint. There was no such thing, uh, 
as a micro, you know, they, they didn't really run them much. Mm-hmm. And TQs were around. It was really, you know, it was TQs, midgets, and then sprint cars. You know, you didn't have all these other classes and divisions and go-karts were around, but not as as much as they are now. And of course, as racing got more and more popular, you know, like you, what it is is it's, it's thinned out. You know, mm-hmm. you got you could have had thirty people that just ran midgets, but now ten of them went to go run TQs, and ten of them went to go run micros, and it spreads it out. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that I don't want to say that this interest was lost in racing. It's just like I said, it's it's spread out too many divisions now, and you didn't have. I mean, legend cars weren't even a thought. Right. You know. Yeah. Who'd have thought legend cars were going to take off like they did? I remember when they first came out, you know. Now they're all over the place. England, everywhere, you know. All around the world. You know, how many people... I mean, it's a good thing, too, because how many people went racing because of it? You know what I mean? The average guy that had a a small car that could fit in his one-car garage and and he could tow it with his, his Lincoln if he wanted, you know. I mean... And it was a spec car. I mean, now they're all blown out of proportion. There's no such, it's not really spec at all. You know, you could sit here and tell me, oh, yeah, 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 you know, but I know damn well it's, you right. know. Right, they're all going to these teams and getting right. the cars. When you tell me you buy a car and it's brand new and then you got to go cut it to fix it so it's faster, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing stuff so. like that. What uh, I never, he Michael did want to do the Legend car, but I never really wanted him to do that because... They, they, I felt not that they were unsafe, but to run a place like Riverhead in a legend car, I mean, you know, they're fast. They're there. fast. They're real fast there, and and they really should be on tight. You know, I guess quarter mile. Even Riverhead's a quarter mile, but they're fast. Still you know, fast. no, I know what you mean. And I just felt like the fronts weren't. The front of it looks like it would fold up and put the engine in your lap. You know. Now I would probably let him run it that he's had more experience in cars and and whatnot if he wanted to try it because he's getting older and whatnot. But are you, you know. officially done as a driver? Are you retired? I never officially. I mean, my gear bag's still in the closet. <laughs> Did I officially retire? No. Would I like to race again? Yes. But right now I I'm having more fun watching my son. You know, and Joey Payne was the one that told me when I bought the quarter midget, he says, you're not going to care if you race again. He says, you mark my words, you know. Joey said that. He says, once this kid gets in this car, you're not going to give a shit whether you turn another lap. And he was right. Because once once I watched the kid, I, I mean, I would still like to race. Right. But to, for me to race and him to race, I take away from his program because mm-hmm. you know I need to be watching. I need to be on top of things. I need to see what's going on. And you need to get him working on the cars more. Mm-hmm. As well, much as you need to true do too. too but that's another thing the kids don't do enough of. I mean, when you and I grew up, we were in the garage working on the cars, and yeah, but we, you were even bad at that. You know, you were uh, farting around or whatever it was you were doing. Yeah, because I was the PR uh, for the uh, team. Give me a phone. I'll call Neil. He'll back yeah, me yeah, up. I know. You know? Back, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dude, and I still learned a lot you learned a lot I learned a, but I learned you know, a lot I was a pain in the ass little brother yes but you know even it took really once you started racing on your own and realized you had to fix it or it wasn't going to get fixed yeah I know is when you know 
I buckled down. I right. got it. Yeah, you know. but 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 it clicked in me. It doesn't today with some of them. Well, all right, but still, when did it click in you? You were you were still fifteen. I don't know if it was that old. I was like fifteen. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to say a little older than that because when you first started running West Hampton, I was wrenching on the thing. You know. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. Hold on. I was wrenching on it because you were usually hung over in the driver's seat because you were partying the night before. Remember? That, <laughs> yeah, times? that's driving that's, the truck. That's not wrenching on dude, it. Hold on. I learned how to drive from driving your truck with my go kart in the back because you slept uh, on the ride is, out the West Hampton. Yeah. Right? Uh, yes, How many times is, did you get yeah, fucked up? Yeah, but when we got there, who broke out the wrenches and did the work? You Me. Know? Oh, yeah, get I, the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I remember how many times I had to load up, and then I would go upstairs and wake you up and be like, "Pete, we're going." Yeah, that work you did, but when we got to the racetrack, I was on the money. Uh, you know, there were a couple of times you were bad. Oh, you're full of shit. Full of shit. What are you kidding? I remember you were like, "Wake me up when you want to get pushed up to the grid." That's what I, I do remember that. Listen, I had a couple of rough mornings, but <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, <clears throat> I almost spit all over my <laughs> laptop. <laughs> Mm. You know what though? But I don't drink anymore. No, I know. <laughs> Dude, all it takes for you is one drink and you puke, and that's the funniest thing that I I can take away from that. But uh, um, if you know what, looking back though, those was those were great though because we we were not making any money. You know, we were living at home. Still not making any. We're still money. not making any money. <laughs> but but we were but we were having a blast. You know, we were spending our days racing on Saturdays and Sundays. Saturday with you with the the Riverhead, and then Sunday with me with the go kart. And you know, uh, Dad was off running the midget and stuff. And and yeah, that's the one thing. My first win. Dad was away racing the midget, and that was. I wish he would have been there for it when I won the the Bondabus feature at Riverhead. Yep, I remember. I remember. I called him and said, "Someone, I won the heat and the feature." He's holy shit. He says to me, "You know, yep. <coughs> he was." I, uh, thought he, I thought he was home. I didn't think. I thought. Nah, he was, he was away racing, and I, I remember I left the the trophy on the kitchen table for when he got home the next day to show him. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, the uh, my first win he wasn't there for either though because that was in the go karts out at West Hampton. But he didn't he didn't like the go kart. <laughs> that wasn't his crowd. You know? uh, he, he was a midget guy. He come from the old school where, you know, like nowadays people just use the midget as like a stepping stone. They think they're gonna go to Winston Cup. You know, back when we were young, you know, you had people that were in it and in it full time. The Coys, the Fenoros, the Sacconis. You know, they, they when you brought up those names, you knew what they ran. Just like when you bring up Richie Evans, you knew what type of car he ran. And Jimmy Spencer, you know, mm -hmm. the, the people were mainstays. Now, you know, somebody buys a midget thinking, oh, we're going to get the kid two more years and then we're going to move him into this and move him into that. Nobody really stays anymore, you know. That's the problem. I can tell you now, in Nima, there's probably three, four teams that have been from the original NEMA. Right. And, you know, like, there's people from the 80s and 90s that come around to visit every once in a while, and they look around the pits, they're like, I don't know. They don't know anybody. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't, you know, I don't know who half these people are. Right, I could right. probably, I could probably bang them off on my hand. I mean, the Clevelands, there's the, the, the first family. Our family. You got the O'Briens, they're still in there. Kibby is still running. Yeah. Us. Mm-hmm. Seymour's. Seymour's. Seymour's are there. Um 
trying to think of what that's probably about it fine you know right fine well the stores the The stores stores. yeah the stores is still there too um but what was what was the goal for you when you first started? Like, what, uh, what was the dream? Like, we all had when, whenever we start driving a race car or getting involved in this, we all have big dreams of where we want to go and what we want to be. What what was it for you? I wanted to do Indy cars. I really wanted. Really, to, yeah, it wasn't NASCAR. Nah, cup racing, the stock cars weren't for me. Like I said, I was an open wheel guy, mm-hmm. and the the progression was you know TQs, midgets, sprint cars, Silver Crown, then you go to Indy. You mm-hmm. know. But back when I was running, it was kind of. Now I'll use NASCAR as as a as a as a example. But if you weren't in a bush car by the time you were thirty, when I was running back in the nineties or whatever, mm-hmm. you were done. Now at thirty, even if you had a cup career, you're, you're done. Elderly. You know, yeah. thirty is, is is you're almost done at thirty. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, so I always knew. There was always, I, I knew if I didn't get to a certain point by a certain age, and I'll be honest with you, it wasn't really that I was looking to go to IndyCars. I always liked the NASCAR Modifieds. I was always a modif, you know, I, in my heart, I always wanted to run a Modified. There was just something about them. It's just sitting still, they look fast, and that... <laughs> that just, big growl. Yeah, you know, yeah. that just... I know. But, you know, Dad wanted no part of it. You know, he didn't... And I've said to him a couple times, let's get a modified. Let's go, oh, you're crazy. They're too big, this, that, you know. I, I don't want no part of it. You want, you want a modified, you get it, you know. <laughs> that was that was his contention, you know. And he, I'll help you, but, uh, you know, I don't want to... I don't want no modified. Yeah, I know. But you got guy. He liked his midget racing, you know, and that's what everyone knows. And that's what everyone knows him as. But dad is, uh, you got to, you know what though? In hindsight, dad was smart because look at the money that's involved in running a modified now and how much more you're changing parts on them compared to a midget or an open wheel car. So dad, you in a, in a way, it was, you know, he was... Well, the his, problem... His wisdom kind of came through there. Yes, no, but that's smart. with any type of racing. I mean, if I wall up the midget, too, it's, a you know, the, the front axle, the shocks, it all adds up. It's just... Right. Everything costs money. It doesn't really matter, you know? I know. I, mean, I know. I will give it to Dad, though. There's a lot of guys he gave their first shots to. Absolutely. You, you know, I mean, he was always known as the, the guy Absolutely. that, you know, gave people their first... God, we. But again, that goes to back to where you know he knew what his equipment was. He knew what it would do, and you know you weren't going to get AJ Foyt to drive the car. So you know you gave new guys a shot and and let them you know progress. I mean, in a perfect world, I mean we'd still have another car in the garage. I would like to put a motor in and and be that type of guy that gives people. A shot, you know, like there's two people I can think of right off the top of my head that I I think deserve a shot. Who? And well, the first one would be Adam Harrison because you got to look at the family there. I mean, I know them from quarter midgets. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy, uh, Dave's dad, hardworking guy, hustler. You know, the kid wants to race, but he's got a house and a kid and, and can't really afford it. But this guy's out there tapping trees f- to make syrup. He's out there harvesting stuff in his yard. He's he's hustling. He's he's great in backyards. He's hustling. He's you know he's he's trying to do what he can for his kid. You know, and f- for me, for somebody with equipment to say, listen, let the kid give it a shot. 
you know, and see if he likes it or whatever. Because this way, he doesn't have to make a total big investment, and you get him involved. You know, right? I honestly think that um, there should be more of that lately because, um, you know, if you th really think about it, the modifieds is one of the last bastions of racing division where guys get a ride on their talent. You know, I mean, there's some guys bring stuff to the table, but when I was reporting on the modified tour, you know, guys would drive for a different team. You know, just because they could drive. It's not because they were bringing money to the deal. So it was really one of those last places that you can actually, where there wasn't that much buying a ride. You know what I mean? In the modified, you're yeah. saying? Well, how many guys do you know that bought modified rides? Well, I mean, look at Joey Payne. Joey Payne tried for years to get no modified. Yeah, yeah. nobody, you know, they want money. They were, you know. I hear you. Everybody wants money nowadays. It's not, it's not, nowadays. you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, one person that has a hard time, I think, accepting that is um, Nicky Fanoro. He comes from a, a time where, you know, you got called for your talent and you got paid for what you did. And, you know, he, that, the, the way racing is now, I think, just has him totally turned off to it. You know, there was a guy. You know, you want me to race your car? You're gonna pay me. You know, and right. And that was a, that's a guy that money motivated him. You right. know, I remember being with him at Oswego one time. Noki raced to eat, and the guy. Well, it supplemented his income. Right. I mean, he worked for a living, but it supplemented right. his income. And I remember somebody. We were getting ready to push him out. I think it was Oswego for a race, and somebody said to him, "Hey, Noki, you know there's lap money on the line, right?" Uh, pops up, <laughs> right? You get that <laughs> out of him. So, and I shit you not, Derek, that green come out, that some bitch went on the outside, bang, 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 bang. I think he was leading by the back stretch. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was money to be had. He was going to go get it. He, he, he was unbelievable. Chris Romano oh. put it best. He said that Noki had an uncanny ability to know where the car in front of him was going to be when he passed him. I will say... The most amazing thing I ever saw him do, and I followed him a lot, trust me, <laughs> you know? We were at Flemington one time, and I guess I started mid-pack, and the green went down, and we went through one and two, and we go, coming out of two, there's really, there's no straightaway there, you know, That's but you're going down the back stretch. Right. He come around the outside of me, I seen him turn left. I saw the whole left side of the car shot between two cars. He turned right. I saw the right side of the car shot between another two cars. And then he whacked off two more before he got to turn three. And I said to myself, how the hell am I going to compete with that? Dude, you know, you know <laughs> how am I gonna, he did the exact same thing. How the fuck thing. am I going to do that? You he know? did the exact same thing to me a couple of years later at Thompson. A couple, just yeah, amazing. Yeah, he, he was in Scally's car and he did the same thing. I thought I was actually going to beat him. I was like, holy cow, he went in the corner and then just... The things you learn following just, those guys. Him, Drew, Russell, I mean, you They know, were the Jedi Masters, that man. That was it, you know? Right? I'm telling you. God bless Drew, too. They were unreal, you know? They just talented guys just and, and, I, and I'm glad I grew up in an era where I got to race with them Joey Coy is another one I got to race with I got to race with guys that I watched as a kid which were our heroes were our heroes you know and you don't really get that much how many kids now would love to race with Kyle Lawson but they can't you know what I mean mm -hmm. 
And and these guys were who I looked up to every week in and week in and week out. And, and then when I finally got to race with them and beat them at times, it was very satisfying, you know. What was that like for you, giving Dad his first win as a car owner? I mean, I obviously I, we were all there, but I never really actually asked you like what what was that like for you? What was that was that was a surreal moment. I mean, every, 20... each each win, each win, especially me for certain reasons. I mean, granted, I only have three, you know. Four. I mean, it's not well. We count the you count the, the blonde the bus, yeah. but big deal. Four you in in forty something years of race, oh, I got win. three. But you know, each one of them were different. Like the obviously the first one was was real surreal because we were racing for so many years, never ran up front, mm-hmm. and here he you know he bought this killer car and whatever, and you know five races into it we won. You know, yeah. so we went from being the, sh- the schmoes to a yeah, runner to up heroes. front. Beating, you know? We beat Drew and, and Gene that night. You I know? remember. He, yeah, that five races. <clears throat> that's what it was, right? Five races. About five races in. Once, once we bought a decent car. What did that do for your head? Did that give you like all the confidence? Like you, you know, you missed. You're the man. Like all the confidence, but I knew at least the 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 progress was in place. Okay. You know, the progress was in place. We, you know, we got to, uh, we finally got to win after, God, 25 years of running. I mean, Dad was 25. I guess at that point I was maybe 10 into it or whatever. But, but, um, but what, what, what do you, what do you, what do you take away from that day? Because, I mean, obviously it's on video. We have it on video, but, you know, seeing the old man. <laughs> running down the track with his jeans fall, just, his just, cut off jeans falling off his ass you know, and he said it, 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 he said that moment in time it, it made every toll he paid every mile he drove made it all worth it you know I mean and thank God I, I'm almost glad he didn't win until I started driving because it was more surreal that I got to drive from he got his first win with me in the car and you were on the track at the time and it was, it was you cool. know it was just kind of it was surreal we were all together at the time and you know what really sucks? Out of all of the wins that our family has had over the years, that's the only one I've been there for. Mm-hmm. That's the only one. Because that happened, what, 99? 99. 99. 99. And 2000, I was off in... Actually, no, in 99, I was in college in, in Rhode Island. So I was already off Long Island. But out of all of the years, and here we are, what, 20-something? You know, for you know, 20 years being you know competitive, but... You know that was the only win that I was there for. I was never, I was never there for any of Michael's wins, and you know, bummed about that. And believe me, I, I love to see, or would have loved to have seen some of those wins. But um, coming away from that, what do you think now with your son driving for our dad? Is it is it surreal for you or? No, I mean, it was kind of, the, you know, you knew that was the next progression. I mean, we're, you know, he already had equipment and, and we all had everything. So, I mean, that was the naturally the next progression for Michael to run the light car, you know. Did you ever, did when Michael was first born, did you think, you know, he's going to drive race cars one day or... I didn't, you know, who knew when he was an infant, you didn't really know. Right. You know. I mean, because some kids grow up in a racing family and they have no interest in it, you know, because there's some people that we race with that have kids that just, they're not, they're not into it. Yeah. Would that have, would that have killed you if Michael wasn't into racing and he was into basketball or football or baseball? 
Well, not killed me. I mean, you got to follow what your kids do. I got to set aside the fact that this is what I like to do. If this is what he likes to do, then I got to, you know, that's my son. I have to follow what he does. Luckily, you know, he played soccer for a little while. And at first he liked it or whatever, but then it just wasn't for him, you know. Once he drove the the quarter midget, he said, Dad, you know, nothing gets my blood flowing. And, you know, I get it. He's talking about the adrenaline and, and whatnot. What do you want most from Michael as far as his racing career goes? Well, I'd like him to be successful like anything else, you know. I mean, this year his confidence kind of got kicked in the toilet because we ran kind of lousy and had some, you know, run-ins and problems. And, you know, he just had a bad season. That was it, you know. And hopefully next year he'll be better and we'll finally get him that first win, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the other problem is when he first started running, he was uh, 150 pounds, you know. So all the setup, as as this kid's getting older and older, he's, you know. He's, he's getting, a big kid. He's getting bigger he, and bigger. Right. Genetically, know? he is bigger than you <laughs> right. and I. Right. You know, yes, he's a, he's a big know? bone kid. He's taller than us, too. And just, yeah. You know, the. the he's almost, what, six feet? The right? long and short of it is the car that we have for him now, he probably is a little too big for. But right now, money is what it is. That's what we got. And that's what he's going to have to race, you know. So. Does that frustrate you or does it give you motivation to work on stuff harder and figure out new stuff or? Well, of course it motivates you to try and get it faster because this is what I got. This is what I got to make work. You know, I I don't have the money to just go out and buy a new beast car or or anything like that. So, you know, I got to work with what I got. You know, like now the idea is to take the steering box out of it and put a rack in it and see, give him a little bit more room in the cockpit and, Hopefully it's gonna be better for him, and uh, we go from there. I mean, he got to drive Randy Cabral's Drynan up at Wiscasset this year, and I knew it. I the way his eyes were big when he come in, you know. <laughs> I, I knew it. he's like, Dad, this thing is just. I go, Oh, that's it, that's it, that's all I do, you know. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, here we go. You know, now he's gonna want a drying car. Of course, you know that's that's what he wants now. You know, right. but getting uh getting a little bit deeper. Um, what's one thing that you want Michael to remember about you after you're gone? Because we lost mom in 2021. Dad's gonna be 80 years old this year. Um, obviously, none of us are gonna live forever. Uh, I still carry mom around my neck every day I don't know if you do too do you mom's ashes um you know mom's death hit me hard I don't know about you but still it's hard for me does the phone still go off at 120 every Sunday Sunday, you really yeah setting alarm every Sunday is it a queen song yeah Yeah. Yeah. I, I mom loved queen um but anyway uh you know she had passed Dad's eighty. Obviously, none of us are going to live forever. But what is um, what's one of the things that you want Michael to remember most about you after you're gone? Well, I'm only fifty three, so I'm hoping I got a lot more years left. You know, um, you know, just that basically, uh, you know, uh, how do I really explain that? Just that, you know. Uh, we were hard workers and we we tried to do our best and and you know 
that I instilled values in him, you know, to get through life. I mean, you know, be proud of me as a dad that I that I tried to do the right things for him and did as much as I could for him. And, you know, I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm sure I make mistakes along the way. We all do, you know, but. You know what's weird is that every day there's something I do that has mom's touch on it in some way. Like, and that's everything from folding a towel to washing a dish to how I put my, my jacket on. You know, just little things that she had taught me over the years. Yeah, you know, that's like, because you're the sensitive yeah. one. That's <laughs> up yours. You know? <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, you know, it's just, I know you and you and Robin busted my balls, and you know, mom, you were mom's favorite and all of that. But she was all we were all of her favorites in some way. You I know, get it. I you were the older one, and you set the example, and you, you know that was that was you and. Robin was, you know, the the first girl. She was the daughter, so she was, you know, loved as the daughter. And then I, of course, was not the baby. I wasn't the youngest one, but y'all treated me like the youngest one. Well, technically you were. <laughs> well, right? Robin and I were twins, but I was a little bit older than her. Not much, but... Uh, and Mom just gravitated towards me, I think, because she still had that maternal feeling all the way through. Because remember when Alex was born, our nephew, our nephew, she used to call him Derek when he was a baby. Remember? Yeah, but when I yell she at would... Michael, I call him Derek too. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that all yeah, he is yelling yeah. at me? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, and I, you know, you kind of did take the role of dad for a lot of years when mom and dad were divorced. You know that, right? Yes, I mean, taking me to the track. You know, I wouldn't have been able to go kart race. It wouldn't have been for you. You know, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to get out. You know, all those laps hadn't one been for you because that wasn't Dad's thing. He didn't like he didn't like doing it. And you know, you were home. You were the oldest male figure in the house. So in a way, you kind of took you kind of took on that role. So and. It was a lot of ways that you were also more like a more a dad than as well as a big brother to me, you know. And that's not taking anything away from dad. I, you know, I mean, dad's great, you know. But there was a lot of times of growing up when mom and dad were separated, where dad wasn't living there, and I would have to go to you for stuff, you know. So, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Today is my birthday too. This is kind of a bit of a gift, but um, yeah, that's uh, that was uh, it, it was cool. You definitely did. I don't know if you realize it, but you did dive into that role a lot. You know, I mean, I I do appreciate that. So yeah, that's probably that's probably some of the nicest stuff you could have done for me, especially growing up. What was the nicest thing I ever did for you? <laughs> Bring you on the show? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the nicest thing? Oh, What's boy. the nicest thing I ever done for you? Come on, let's hear it. Uh, you bought me a nice jacket for Christmas. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> that you never wear? Yeah. No, I wear it in the truck. Now. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I guess I brought the cold weather down here with me. It's that's, freezing. That's great. So. Okay. Well, I bought you a jacket. That's good to know. All right. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm very proud of your accomplishments, you know, uh, trust me. I mean, uh, years ago that used to be, hey, that's Derek Pete's brother. Now that's, hey, that's Pete Derek's brother, you know? <laughs> 
And that doesn't bother me at all. You know, I'm actually proud of that, uh, what you've accomplished. And, and you know, uh, I'm proud to show people that when they ask me, well, you know, what's your brother? I'm always on TV. He's a pit reporter. You know, yeah, check it out. You, you, you know. Didn't Michael, didn't Michael get in trouble because they thought he was lying or fibbing or something like that? The teacher had to call Angela saying that my, they, he, my uncle was doing television this weekend and she had to go talk to the teacher no I don't remember that. Like he might have just been fib telling you a story or something just you know kids they make up stories oh, or right. no it was Angela that was telling me it so she had to she had to go tell the teacher yeah my brother-in-law's you know reporter on TV because she thought he was telling tall tales or something in school I don't really remember that it was something like that but um yeah, I, I know. My career took a really weird turn because, uh, you know, just like you, I had dreams of being a race car driver for a, a living, you know, or, it, or actually it was television. I love television, too, because, you know, when I saw Thursday Night Thunder for the first time, I was like, wow, this is our type of racing and it's on television. I want to do this. And, you know, I love driving a race car, but I also realized early on being some kid from New York, you know, that I wasn't going to, you had to have a lot of money to, to go racing. So I thought I could make a living in television. Well, you always had the gift of gab. You're always bullshitting with somebody or talking <laughs> to this and you're always, you know, you always had that instilled <laughs> yeah, in Yeah, because I've heard like, your yeah. commentary on your Facebook lives. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which, yeah. okay, I got I to gotta fill the listeners and, and the viewers in. For those that... Uh, are friends with my brother on Facebook. Go to some of his Facebook lives and listen to his commentary while his son is driving a race car because it is just F-bomb and screw you. And <laughs> yeah, well, that's... It is the complete opposite of what I am. Yeah, there's no... Uh, it's all... There's no, no filter. No holes barred when that comes, I guess. You know, it was once... Once he goes on the track, I'm in kill mode. Uh -oh. You know, you so, are definitely in, your claws are out. I've man. Uh, I went after a couple people this year already. <laughs> to be honest with you, it was, you know, they, they. I'm watching. You know, like I saw him get pulled thirty times a couple times this year, and they don't think I'm watching, but I'm watching like a hawk. There was a, uh, there was an accident at the end of the race this year, and the car had plugged up the exit to the to the racetrack up at Hudson and mm -hmm. all the cars were stopped on the track. So everybody was around the the where the car where the car had crashed at the pit gate and all the drivers were still out on the racetrack, you know. So me, I knew that <laughs> I'm not going to get them with a crowd in the pits. I went out the other exit and chased them out on a racetrack and let them know I wasn't too happy before they even got back on the track, you know. <laughs> So you're pulling Bowman Gray stuff and running out nah, of the track. Not so much Bowman Gray, but, you know, I let them know, you know, listen, I'm watching and I'm not happy, you know. But it huh. happens. It's racing. It's it's done and over with, you know. Would so. you feel differently if that was not your kid in the car? Like if it, if it was, you know, someone else driving? Probably I wouldn't get as irate, but because it's the fact that it's my kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know. What would, uh, going back... What was that first year of fatherhood like for you? Because I remember when you guys called me and told me, you know, you guys are going to have a baby. I was like, holy cow, I'm going to be an uncle. You know, what was that first year, of, you know, having Michael like? I mean, were you sitting there with daydreams of going racing with your kid or? No, I mean, you, at that point, you don't know what what's going to happen or how where life's going to take you or whatever. I mean, of course, 
you'd like the kid to go racing and stuff with you. You'd like him to be involved in what you are. But at that point, there was the unknown. You know, you didn't know what he was going to like, what he was going to do. You know, it was it was all unknown. Being a father hurt me as a driver, though, I will say. I was just going to ask you that. Because I, you know, it always was, you know, like, what if something happened to me in a race car? I'm, I'm not making a living at it. I'm just, just for, I'm a weekend warrior. And, you know, what I, if, if I got hurt in a race car trying to have fun, now this kid's going to grow up without a father, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it messed with me in my head for a little bit. It was tough to do. Uh, I will say the one time that I flipped the car at Waterford, he was only about a year old. And out of some, uh, the bolt broke in the front and the front end was slapping all around. And I'm trying to get, get a hold of the thing. And before I know it, it's on the heavy side and it's barrel rolling down the street. <laughs> into turn three at Waterford, you know. And I come back, and I walk back to the pits, and the first thing I see is him in the playpen in the trailer jumping up and down, you know. And I was like, wow, this this could have went a whole lot worse, you know. And Reality hit yeah, you. Yeah, reality hit you a little bit, you know. And I kind of backed off for, for a little bit, you know. Only ran sporadically once in a while. But then again... You know, it was tough for me to to make all the races and stuff because now I was a new dad and different responsibilities and stuff, you know. No offense from an outside set of eyes looking in, you changed a lot as a driver after Michael was born because I remember you'd, you'd take your balls and throw them out the left side of the cage and go and, and go well, win races. It didn't matter. I had no responsibilities right. then. I, now that you, now, after you had Michael, yeah. I noticed like you were way more reserved to stick the car in a hole. You wouldn't go three wide like you used to. Like, Not so much. You know, I mean, I didn't race that much after he was born. And he didn't like it for some reason. There was a, I used to get a weird aura out of that too because... There was times when I would be getting suited up to go, and he'd be, Dad, I don't want you to race today. Don't race today. Please, just hang out with me in the grandstands, uh, you know, and it would rip my heart out, you know. There was a couple times I ended up caving and be like, all right, you know, and I'd get somebody else to drive the car, you know. Really? There was a couple times I did that, yeah. It just, uh, like I said, it was hard for me to... to to separate the two. What did you, you know? think? Just like something bad was going to happen? You don't know, you know, like, you know, what, is it a sign from somebody that this kid don't want me to, you know, most kids will, yeah, dad, go, you know, and cheer me on. And even mm-hmm. to this day, it wasn't the very last race I ran was up at Lee. And um, he was even still, he, I guess he was about 12 or 13. It was before he started racing the dirt car or whatever. And, um, he was driving me, he was pushing me on the quad, you know, uh, up to the to the track, and we were all lined up. And he come over to the car, and he says to me, he says, all right, look, see all these cars? You ain't going to beat them. <laughs> he says, you ain't going to beat them. So just, so just chill out in the back and just ride around and be careful, all right? And I knew uh, he, 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 there was a certain insecurity there with him you know and that I, and also the honesty of a child you know sometimes yeah. it's uncanny it really you know. is you know i'll give you a funny but st- now he's opposite like he started last in a race this 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 past season and i said to him i said listen just bring the thing back in one piece you start in 18th you're not gonna go to the front and win the thing he says to me you don't know that <laughs> <laughs> i said all right forget it 
Do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> How did he do? You know, he did all right. Oh, how did we do that day? I don't remember. It was this year, but probably not. We we had a terrible year. I think we only finished two or three races this year, so right. more mechanical. and. Michael still. won Rookie of the Year a couple of years ago. You tried to do it. I tried to do it. We both came up one spot short, and Michael... Yeah, he said that to me. He said that to me last weekend. As a matter of fact, he said, "You know, it's pretty cool. I got lucky to year. You never, you know, you never get another chance to get that." You know, I say, "Yeah, I understand." Right. And when I say NEMA to the people that are listening, it's Northeastern Midget Association. It is the northeastern section of the country that is for open wheel midget racing. But yeah, he won the he won the rookie of the year. You 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 tried to do it, and so did I. And what do we get? The, the Youth Determination and Talent Award, which is kind of like the Rookie yeah, of the Year like runner-up. Right, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's second place uh, yeah, Rookie of the Year, yeah, which yeah, is like, the award. We both mm-hmm. we both won the Youth Determination and Talent Award, which was kind of cool, you know, I'll, I'll give it. But <clears throat> uh, now we're going to go back a little bit because we definitely have to touch on uh, the story that you touched on earlier in the show, the train station. You got to tell us the train station story. Well, you were there. You know it. <laughs> it was the beginning of the season. I guess it was early April. And we, Dad had just put the car back together. And obviously, it's a midget. You what can't year was this? I don't even remember what year was this was. was it? We're coming up on like 27 or 28 years. So I'm thinking. Wasn't it? I think it was like 96. Right. 96 when I. No, 97, I was already racing the modified. It was even before that. It probably had to be like 94. It was mid, so it was mid 90s. Mid 90s mid-90s or whatever, okay. yeah. You just re put the engine back together and the whole $300 rebuild that it takes to do the rotary. <laughs> Which, in my opinion, is right. phenomenal. The rotary engine is the most economical form of horsepower in auto racing. So we. But he built a new injection, didn't he? He built like a new. He built something, right, for the injection? I don't know if it was new. It was, yeah, it was a little bit different. But um, what happened was the 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 throttle linkage, the way he had the linkage, when it when when it was full open, it was past its fulcrum, so it couldn't come back. Oh, so it, like it passed away. In other words, yeah, it went, and, and it and it locked itself. You know, just uh, the way he set the arms or or whatever. But I mean, who knew? I mean, we got there that day. I drove it. You drove it. I Neil drove it. it. Everybody was having a good time in the parking lot, just buzzing it around. We were, we were testing the motor in the parking lot of right. the Long Island Railroad train station in Ronkonkoma. Okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, that day started off bad to begin with, because I think I was supposed to meet him there at like nine o'clock or something, in typical Pete fashion. I got up late. <laughs> And said to him, listen, can we make it 10 or 11? Oh, God damn it, you're a pain in the ass. I want to do this and get this over with. Get your ass down there. All right, all right. So already they started off bad or whatever, you know. So we go there, and like you said, you were playing with it. I was playing with it. So finally he had had enough. He says, all right, Peter, you get in it for the last time, and I want you to jump on it. I want you to make sure it takes the fuel and everything. All right, no problem. So I did. I jumped on it took off you know the thing took off and when i went to lift the the pedal never came back and this thing was just wide open you know going towards the railroad tracks and i remember 
trying to look for the kill switch. I had just put a new steering wheel on the car, and back then everybody used to put the kill switches on the steering wheels, and I didn't drill a hole in the steering wheel yet to mount the switch. So I had the switch just wire tied up on the roll cage, because I figured, you know, when we go back home, we're gonna finish up all the little odds and ends. I didn't think anything was gonna happen. <laughs> so as this thing was stuck wide open and I'm headed for the, the train tracks, I remember I'm going like this, trying to hit the kill switch, you know? Yeah. And it didn't, it wasn't shutting off. And that's when it, I, re, I re, thought to myself, oh shit, I got it up on the cage, that's why. And at that point I knew it was too late and I was afraid to take my hands off the wheel to reach up and do it, right. you know? So, and I knew I wasn't belted in. I had the belts on, but they were just loose. You know, I didn't have, I had my helmet on, but it wasn't buckled. It was only to keep the rocks out of my eyes and stuff. And I remember when I went to hit the curb, it took off straight because I hit the curb and then all I saw was blue sky. And the minute I just saw blue sky, I knew I was in trouble. And I just remember pushing myself back in the seat because I knew I wasn't seat belted. I pushed on the steering wheel and pinned myself in and tried to take, you know, like the fetal position, you know? And I could hear all sorts of shit going on, <laughs> crashing and all sorts of stuff or whatever. And I had my eyes closed, so all I'm doing is listening to everything. And once I saw the sky, I was like, uh oh, and I just closed my eyes. And then everything stopped, <laughs> okay, everything stopped. I opened my eyes, I was upside down, wedged into the sand, and the friggin' motor was still running, <laughs> right? Amazing. So you got to give it to dad though, right? <laughs> the motor was still running. So I had, an, you know, the first thing I opened my eyes and realized everything was done. And I would, I was always, I'd never been upside down before. I was, you know, seen for years as a kid, seen flips and everything. I always wondered what it was like to be upside down, you know, and it was never, you know, never had that experience. So the minute everything finally stopped and I opened my eyes and I said to myself, holy shit, I made it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I wow, survived. all right, I survived it. That wasn't that big of a deal, you know? No big deal, I finally flipped and got it out of my system, you know? But like I said, the thing was still running. I shut it off and I crawl out, because obviously the, the bottom was facing you guys, you couldn't see me. Right. I crawled out and I stood up and next thing you know, I just remember hearing dad yelling, you know, get away from it, get the fuck away from it, don't touch it, get away, get away, get away. And I didn't understand what was going on, you know, and I'm like, don't touch it. You know, don't forget I just went flying through the air, so I got all, I don't know what's going on. Right. Did so your helmet I'm come like, off in the... Yeah, yeah, the helmet. I didn't even realize yeah, the helmet came time. off in the crash? The, the as, See, because, I didn't know that because yeah. by the time I got to you, you had jumped up. And I was out of the car. I didn't even realize yet at this point because dad's yelling, get away from it, get away from it. See, I didn't know your now, helmet came I'm, off. Now I'm about 20 feet from the from the, the terminal there, you know, the, the... The trestle. The trestle or whatever you call, you know, where the train pulls in and the, the, the concrete pad or whatever. You know, the concrete pad's up here and I'm down here or whatever. So I, I know that's really my only... Cause he, dad was like pointing, go that way, go that way or whatever, you know? I didn't know what was going on. And the train had just pulled into the station. So as I was walking back to get up on the platform, that's the word I'm looking for, sorry, to get up on the platform, the, the conductor come running out of the train. And as I'm walking, I where I saw my helmet sitting under the platform. 
And I, I was like, holy shit, I didn't even realize it come off. You know, so I went and I grabbed my helmet and I'm like, uh-oh, and I started sticking my fingers in my ears. I was like, oh, you know, not knowing if I was injured and didn't know it and I was just in shock for or whatever. What, for blood, you mean? Yeah, just, I, I, when I saw I lost my helmet, I'm like, uh-oh, you know. I didn't realize it in the flip, but you know, once I saw it sitting on the ground, I was, I was a holy macro. I didn't even think about you the know? helmet this whole time. So, yeah. I climb up on the the platform, and the conductor comes over and he says to me, "Hey, buddy, you all right? You all right?" Yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm good. He says to me, "You know, sit down, stay put. I'm gonna call the cops." And the first thing I'm thinking is, "No, no, no." I said to the guy, "No, no, 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 no. Don't call the cops. Don't." Call. I'm thinking, "Me, you, and Dad are gonna pick this thing up and get the fuck out of here." You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking the three of us are gonna just get this thing out of here and go to hell home. You know. And he looks at me and he goes, dude, <laughs> like that, right? And that's when I finally, I like, he's like, look, you know? And I turn around and that's when I saw, a vet, you know, the carnage. The carnage, the aftermath. From, 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 a, from a distance, you know? And I was like, all right, I guess you better call the cops. <laughs> him, you know? <laughs> dude, if you... You, you just saw it from our vantage point. Well, like point. I say, you really, you guys saw more because than we, I did. Yeah, because you, you know? know we saw the electrical explosion. Right. Because the fence hit the third rail, and you know when. It, and that's it, why Dad was telling me to get away from it. He thought the thing was still electrified, well, I, but no, obviously, no. if it was, I would have been fried in the seat like Kentucky Fried Chicken. Well, you know the what fence I mean? was on the third rail, so everything was going. I I heard that. I do remember hearing that when I got out. I could hear this boom, 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 boom. I didn't know what it was, you know? Yeah. And then when he was like, get away from it, get away from it. And I was all right. I wasn't too shaken up about it. I was more proud of myself that I flipped it and, and made it through it. <laughs> and it's when all the people from the MTA showed up and they kept going. The first guy comes down in a suit and he says to the cop, where's the victim? You know, he's looking for the yellow sheet. And the cop says to me, sitting over there in the truck, you know? So here comes this guy, I don't know who he is, he's in a suit, one of the executives from the MTA or whatever, he comes over and he, looking at me, up and down, says to me, I'm impressed. He's <laughs> just, I'm impressed. So I'm like, okay, you know, and he, and he says to me, he gives me this piece of paper and a pen, he says to me, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to write down seven numbers because I'm going to play them in the lottery tonight because you're the luckiest fucking guy that I know, you know? And that's when they started they started educating on me on what could have happened, you know? That's right. when he said, do you know how much volts are going through that thing? Do you know, do you understand what what could have happened to you? Do you just... And now is when they got me all like, you know, herky-jerky and freaked out and whatnot. Dad was freaked out. And I remember Dave, Dave Carbosi was there with us and he, I remember him saying, it was a hard hit. I must have hit that curb at at least 90 or 100. And I remember him saying, he says, Pete, I think I see parts of the car way over there, right? And you know Dave. Dave was, you know, right. he, he was, you know, like a flower child kind of right. guy. He's a little hippie -ish. Right. Yeah, you gotta so, love him. So now uh, I got all this going on, and Dave's telling me he thinks he sees the wheel so far away, like on the other side of the parking lot, on the other side of uh, Hawkins Avenue there, and, and there's a parking garage now, but there used to be just like this little barber shop or whatever. So he says, I see something glistening in the in the light. You know, I'm gonna go look at it. And I'm just like, okay, Dave, yeah, go, you you do that. You know, I, 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 <laughs> go, I got other go issues on your going adventure. on. Right? Yeah, I got yeah. other issues going on here. And I'll be damned. He come back with the whole wheel, axle, 
every the whole assembly right, was I all together. That. Yeah, yeah. that thing went. F- I can't even. I guesstimate how many feet. But if it would have hit somebody, it would have killed them. Yeah, it would have no, killed I, them. I do remember that. <clears throat> I yeah. could the the, the the. I guess it was violent. It snapped the axle right off and sent the wheel flying. It, it, I saw the car hit and go up, and you actually hit the fence on the fly, which is what pushed it down. But it also, I think it acted like a ramp. That's exactly what it did. It acted like a ramp for you to go off of. But as it hit, the fence hit the third rail, and all the caps that were on the fence just boom, 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 all the way down, and the sparks and... I mean, I heard it was some light show, but I didn't see it from where I was, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was was impressive to watch, man. I mean, even Pop-Up showed up and... Remember when he went back to Ralph and uh, Uncle Ralph and Aunt Gloria's and was like, "Holy shit! Holy shit! He was almost killed." It's just, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't definitely a good day. That's for sure. It was my worst racing career accident ever. It didn't happen on the racetrack, you know. <laughs> and you got suspended from driving, right? I got to, I lost my license for a year. Yeah. I Why? Got to court because they hit me. They got um, unregistered and an uninsured vehicle ticket. So. I figure, all right, I'm going to go down and fight this or whatever. It's Obviously, it's not a motor vehicle. I didn't have it on the road or whatever. So we went down, and I go to court for it, and um, I explained the story to the judge. The cop is there, and I said to him, you know, listen, it wasn't a bunch of me and my buddies drinking beer being crazy yahoos. I said, this is a a hobby me and my dad do. And, you know, we were down there testing the car because it's a direct drive vehicle. I was trying to explain the whole story to him, you know. So uh, he says, well, you know, not for nothing. You obviously had to drive it there, you know. He says, so you had it on the road. I said no, we didn't have it on. We brought it there in a in an enclosed trailer or whatever. And and the cop said yes, there was a trailer there. And I thought to myself, this guy's gonna, this is this is gonna save me, you know. <laughs> so the judge is sitting there and he's rolling his eyes. And I remember playing with his dentures, watching his dentures move, you know. And he's like, well, it's got an internal combustion engine, pneumatic tires, and mechanical components. It's a motor vehicle. You shouldn't have been driving it. Guilty. <laughs> all right, so much for that, all right? Well, now I figure I'm going to go pay a fine and be done with it, you know? So I go to go pay the fine, and she says to me, uh, you know, you're going to have to hand in your license. And I said, what are you talking about, hand in my license? She says, yeah, you were found guilty on a no insurance no insurance ticket. It wasn't an unregistered. It was a no insurance. The car wasn't insured. The car wasn't insured, so... You know, had no automotive insurance on it. So she said, mandatory 365-day suspension of your license in New York State for driving with no insurance. So I was like, ugh. But I do remember, she says, and I I said, how much was the fine? The fine was like 500 bucks or whatever. She says, and you don't have to pay that now. You can pay that when you get your license back. So I thought to myself, well, you're going to take my license? You're going to wait to get your money then, too. (laughs) I didn't didn't pay them until a year later. I got my, you know, when I got my license back. Finally, huh? But... It was weird. I I was going away racing, and I'd have people drive me to the track because I wasn't legal to drive. I think that lasted about a month and a half or two, and then I ended up just saying the hell with it and driving. You know, I had to get. I did have to get a lawyer to get a uh, uh, 
a, a conditional license because at the time I was working at the auto parts and I was, part of my job description was doing deliveries and stuff. So mm -hmm. I couldn't, I'm gonna do my job with no license, you know? Right. So uh, and Jean's, Jean's daughter, uh, Laura helped me. Didn't Marty, was, Marty Himes was telling me before he passed that uh, he had also had a hand in talking to the cops or helping you. Uh, I, I, I don't know who Marty knew or what Marty knew. Or he put in a call to somebody. I, he must have done something because I want to say for a year, every day I went to the mailbox like this, waiting to see if there was a bill to repair everything that I, you know, you forget. We took out 200 feet of fence, <laughs> right? We took out 200 feet of fence. We destroyed some of the tracks, right? <laughs> we wrecked some stuff. Now they wanted to bring the EPA in because the rear end was leaking. That's right. They wanted to bring the EPA in, right? We shut the train down for four hours, and on a Sunday afternoon they had to bring a crane down to pick the car up to put it, you know. Because I thought, like I said, I thought when the first guy said, well, you know, let me call the cops, I'm thinking the three or four of right. us are going to pick up what's left of this thing and just get out of here, you know, not realizing the severity of the whole situation. Uh, things Michael will never be witness to. Yeah. He'll only hear these stories, so, you know. So, of course, I thought I was going to get some type of a bill in the mail from, you know, uh, for a long time. I opened that, that mailbox would have, you know. You know, it's funny. You're talking about something that's, Almost twenty five years old. It's more than that. Yeah, this right? happened. I think Dad. Dad knows it off the top of his. That was the quietest I ever heard Dad in the fifty three years I've been alive. <laughs> was was that week? You know, he was done. He was. I think that scared the shit out of him a bit. You know, and and he didn't even want to touch the car for a while. And then finally, a I week later, that. you know, Ellen said to him, "Listen, you." You're either going to be a miserable bastard in the garage or a miserable bastard in here, so you might as well go out and fix your car, you know? So <laughs> It's, yeah, I mean... But, I mean, luckily, six, it, six days later, I was back in a TQ, you know? John right. Petratus gave me his TQ to take, and that's six right, days later, I was yeah, back yeah. in a car, so... And the, and the old man was like, you sure you want to do this? I'm like, listen, you fall off a bike, you got to get back on it, right? Yeah. He says, all right, you know. But you know what the funny thing is, is that feels like it happened yesterday because that's because it's such a some such a, a memorable you know but it, it's a long time ago i mean it's, i think it's 27 or 28 years i what think is, it was 1994 it happened 94 or something like that yeah i think it was 94 is is that one of the worst parts about getting older i mean here i am turning 49 today and you're four years older than me but what what is the the worst part about it, you know? As far as the aches older. and pains, what do you? Mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, you know, you know, my back is shaped like a saxophone. I mean, you know, it's just that's the hardest part of getting older. You, you know, you, your body's not the same anymore, and that's the other thing where I don't know if I could really race anymore because of my back. You know, yeah. You know, I I take a three hour ride in the truck to go to the, to the races, and I'm, I get out walking kind of cockeyed. You know, I know I need surgery, but mm. I'm just a little on the skittish side to get it done. You know, over the years though, what has been your happiest memory of of going racing with the family? Oh, the wins, the wins. Like I said, each win was special for a different reason. Obviously, the first one was special because it was our first and everyone was there. And then, you know, the second one for me, um, 
The second one for me was it was satisfying because here's what happens. <laughs> I'm leading the race, right? Okay. I'm leading. I wasn't the, here water, for this. So we're, we're you're, you're telling me this and okay. brand new. I wasn't right. there for this. I'm leading the race. The Corsha comes out. There's like five to go, right? So I'm. The, I don't know who's running second or whatever. I don't know. I'm not really looking at the scoreboard or whatever. I'm. I'm focused on what I'm doing. Caution comes out, and they tell us to double up. You know, so we double up down the back stretch, and I look to my right, and it's Gene's car, right, with Russell. Gene Angelillo. Gene Angelillo's car Russell with Stork. Russell driving, right? Six times, seven times, so champion. Nima champion, right? Right. So now he pulls up next to me and gives me one of these. <laughs> like here I am trying to fuck with my head, right? Right. Okay. So I point my finger at him, like, "All right, you better play nice now, you know, I'm fucking around." <laughs> so. Uh, and I remember the green come out, and five laps later, I won. He finished second. You know, he was, he was trying to mess with my head a little bit yes. there, and I was like, "This ain't gonna happen today." And I remember, see, I could see him every lap. We'd go in, and I'd see the right front, the left front wheel on the outside, and then it would drift back, and then I'd see it again, and it would drift back. I'm like, I'll just keep him up there and let him burn his shit up, you know. But <laughs> it was satisfying for that. And, and and Wayne even said to me in the infield, he goes, thank you, brother. He goes, you have no idea. When that course should come out, the whole edge of the little crew was... He goes. They, I could. They were salivating. He says to me, because I could see them salivating. They knew they had. They thought they had another one in the bag, you know, and and we, you know, we got them. So that was, that was good. You know, it was satisfying for me. It was satisfying for Wayne. You know, right? And, uh, it's pretty cool though because your first two wins, you had to wrestle them away from number one, the winningest driver in NEMA and who was arguably one of the, who had the most championships and then the guy who had the second most championships. Right. I mean, that is that is one of the prouder moments of it too because I did beat well-known drivers. Guys that I watched as a kid. Like I said before, you know. Right. Guys that were kind of my heroes. I went out there and I actually beat them. You know what I mean? The first race was Drew and Russell. You know, I... I, I, I be true by maybe a half a car length or whatever. Mm -hmm. The second time was Russell in Gene's car, same car, different driver. Right. And then the third time I, when I went up at Beach Ridge was I passed, I got by Bobby Santos. So okay. I got by him to take the win. So, I mean, it was against three. And his star was already on the rise. Right. Oh my God. Right. He, he hadn't even won the modified tour championship yep. yet, but he was still, he was, you know, everyone he was knew definitely, he was definitely, right. Everybody knew he was going places, you know? And then, like you said, there, there's a perfect example of guys with no money, you know? I mean, Bobby. The, yeah. I, you know, you could put him on your lawn boy and he's going to get the most <laughs> out of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you just don't have the money to, to back them, and it's, it's sad. It's that's the sad part of racing today. Do you think that is just genetic with some drivers how they just hop into something and make it go fast, or is there something that clicks in them? There's just uh, you know, there's people you either have it, you either have that feel across the bottom of your ass, or you don't. You yeah. know, I mean, that's where you drive the car from. The, the, that that that's the seat of your pants. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's my opinion, and and. Like my son, I, I don't like to, to blow him up and, and make his head big, but whatever, but he just seems like he's naturally, 
he naturally gets in it and just goes. It doesn't. He doesn't have to think about it. Where I would have to think about how to make myself better, he just kind of gets in and and goes. You Does know? he eat before races? Or yeah, no? yeah, he, right. yeah. No problem. I remember you would. No, you I couldn't eat a damn thing before no, a race. The minute, I, I, the minute I opened my eyes, that was it. I couldn't eat I nothing. All the morning day. of the race, yeah. you want breakfast? Nope. You want lunch? Nope. No. After the race, and then no, you stuff yeah. your face. Yeah, Me, I, I was totally eat. opposite. I could eat before a race. My but. nerves were always so wound up, I couldn't eat and just. That was a, I always felt bad for you about that though, because you you were you were a bundle. And there were times where I saw you throw up in the pits was, a couple of know. times, and then you come then in I was off good the track. To go. Right, I was exactly. Good to go, you and know? that's what I was gonna say. You'd come in off the track, and you're like, "All right, let's go. Let's <laughs> yeah. you know, let's go race." It's it's just, it's, what do you know, think that was? Just not so much. Not scared of being hurt or anything like that. Is is. Like anybody, like like a, an actress that goes on stage gets stage fright. You want to do your best. You want to be good at what you do, and you're nervous. You're not going to, you know. And I think that's I put a lot of pressure on myself to go out there and 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 be better than I actually was, you know. So that was part of it, I I, I guess, you know. What is this? What's some of the stuff that frustrates you the most lately about what you're seeing in the sport? And that's across the board. Well, I'm going to ask you this question like I would ask any guest. Yeah, I mean, what upsets me is just, I guess, the the, the money aspect of it. Everything is just money, and and nobody gets rides on their own merit anymore. And, and, you know, that's really the, the sad part. But what aggravates me the most now about racing is this bullshit line, I did what I had to do. That, when I hear that, I want to throw a goddamn brick through the television, <laughs> I gotta tell you. Because, you know, that's not racing to me. If you can't get by the guy, you finish second and you you own it. That's it. You um, know, you either get by him clean or you don't, you know? I get, dude, I have gotten into arguments just this past week you know, with people I'll be on, on Twitter if about. If you ask me, that race, the tour race at Riverhead was an insult to my intelligence. Really? Why is that? Because that's not how you race cars. With the shoving and with the, the, the two of them bashing each other back and forth. I could go to the circus and see that. <laughs> I I, that's not what I paid I, my money I, for. I understand. I got into an argument with a guy on Twitter this past week about the whole Rubbins racing thing. Rubbins racing. Rub, you oh want to rub, rub your rub yourself? Don't go rubbing <laughs> the next guy. You know what I mean? I know. I've, believe me, I under, I live under the philosophy of if you can't pass you, you if you can't pass the guy clean, you don't deserve to be in front right, of him. Damn right. Yeah, yeah I, I get it. Just, I, get I did what I had to do. I, I want to choke somebody when they say that. You know, it, it's frustrating. Because and it's and it's almost accepted now. It's bullshit. You know, it's it's. it's you know, and and you know, like we were talking about this privately. Bowman Gray started that bullshit, that whole circus act down there. You know what I mean? You, people see that, and then it just spans out. It, 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 it's you know. They what do think you think? Great. What do you think you would do if Michael was going for his first win and somebody turned him coming off four coming to the checker? I'd be pretty pissed. Trust me, they're gonna get a mouthful out of me. That's that's for sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then the old man is, is gonna be right behind me. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, but you know, you don't see that too much of that in midget racing. That's that's the good that's, part. You know, that's full fended stock car and a little bit of the modifieds and stuff like that. But you know, you don't see you do that in a midget. You end up in the fourth row with the with the spectators. Right. You know what I mean? What a what do you still love about the sport? What do you still love about doing it? it, it has it changed over the years? Has it evolved? the excitement? I guess the ex- the excitement, the uh, 
just you know now watching my son just the, the rush that you get out of it it's it's hard to explain like, when people ask you know why do you race why do we race there's a million reasons why we race you know and you know what i tell people because it's fun well that's, that's too, the whole thing know, it's fun it's, i mean to be able to sit down in a car you know, and take it to the edge of control and still keep it in control it's it's no, well when you're running shitty and you're not doing well it's not that much fun but then <laughs> you, you were you got to work at it you know I mean, you have more bad days than good ones exactly that's, that's what i try to tell michael too you know like this year he was kind of pretty dejected and i say listen i've lost more races than i've won so suck it up kid you know i don't know what else to tell you yeah i got you, you. <clears throat> we are getting uh, uh close to the end of the show but before we get done, is there anyone you want to thank or anyone that you want to, you know, send your appreciation to that's helped you over the years or anything? Well, obviously, Dad would be the first. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have got to drive as many cars as I did, I guess, if it wasn't for Dad. You know, I mean, the other the other times when I'd go off and do the TQs and the Modifieds and everything else, that was all sporadic stuff here and there, but... You know, if it wasn't for Dad, I wouldn't have been able to race. You know, uh, without a doubt. You know, not to not at the level I I I, I am. You mm-hmm. know, once he once he when he retired and he bought that car and stuff. You know, was, is but, uh, is there anything that you've done in racing over the years that you've kept a secret from us or didn't let us know about or ran and did something or tried something without us knowing? Any little, any little secret that we didn't know about that you'd want to, you know, what like give an exclusive here, <laughs> something you never told us over no, the years. I think no, not that I could. No, I was always pretty much a straight shooter. I mean, I wouldn't. There's no sense of bullshit anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do appreciate you coming on the show. I know you were a little nervous coming in beforehand. You didn't say it, but I can kind of tell. Was 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 it as bad as or is no, it, it was all right. as bad it was, as you thought? No, I just thought well, you know, I'm not I'm not the person you stick a mic in front of and I guess if we were live this would be a different story, but Oh, you, you know, the thing is, is that you, you find stuff to talk about, you know. The, the biggest thing is stories drive the show, and we're glad that you came on and shared these stories of our family. It's not just me talking about it. It's us talking about right. it. I get so, it. So, yeah. So, um, thank you for always being there, too. You got uh, the check for this or what? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, though, for, for always being there. I, I don't know about everybody it. else, but he flew me in. I had a limo bring me here. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize everyone gets taken care of. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the catering too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, though. I appreciate you driving down from New York and doing this. Did um, you turn my bed down for tonight? Yes, I turned right. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. I love you, too. All right. Thank you very much. That is... My brother, Pete Pernasiglio on the Derek Pernasiglio Show. We want to thank you all for joining us. And remember to follow us on our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button and follow us. Also follow us on Facebook at the Derek Pernasiglio Show. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at RealDPShow. And we've got, you know, some little things that we're giving away to our fans. We got DP Show stickers, so... Give us a a ring on one of our social channels. Send us your address, and we'll send some stickers to you in the mail. So we appreciate all of you joining us, and as always, we'll see you the next time. Bye. Bye.